with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. We all know the God of Thunder, but this week joining me for film reviews and movie news is the God of Light Drizzle. It's Mark Searby. <laughs> hello, hello. 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 How are you, Mark? Yes, I'm all right, thanks. Light drizzle. I'm all right. Yeah, light drizzle. Light drizzle. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's just that sort of thing where you're like, yes, it's all right. I can go out in it. You know, not really stopping me. Yeah, so it's manageable, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. God of Thunder must have its inconveniences. It must at times be like, it's a bit too much. We don't need all the thunder. A lot of noise. A lot of noise, isn't it? And if you sort yeah, of, if you're not, it. It, what happens if he's got a dog? Well, exactly. He's you, see, him, he? you see, you see, he's got a dog. Away. Thunder. Dogs don't like thunder. Yeah. If you need a game of cricket called off, they don't need him. They just need you. There you just go. You light see. drizzle. That'll do it. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm nowhere near as muscly or good looking as Thor is. Um, well, that's why it's not the full thunder, you know. It's, it's just the, the light the drizzle, right. The more muscle, the bigger the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it would be nice to be that muscly and uh, that good looking. I mean, he's worked hard at it, hasn't he? He has, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, certainly with Chris Hemsworth, you know, I, I remember seeing him in, I remember seeing him when he first started. I can't remember what it was in. And, you know, he was, he was a big guy. Don't get me wrong, big guy, but... He wasn't as muscly as he is now. Um, but then I guess that's yeah. what happens when you join the MCU. You've got to bulk up, especially when you're playing a... Well, you're the god of thunder. Yeah, exactly. You when know. you're playing that, you have to look the part. And he does look the part. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're talking about this because there is a new Thor movie in cinemas. There is. Is it Thor Thor? Imagine Thor, if it Thor. was. I feel Thor, like they Thor. do... I, I do feel like they've missed a trick. Thor Thor Thor. Thor squared, something like that. You know, I feel like there's no squared. Yes. Yeah. Now this is called Thor <laughs> love and thunder. And, uh, in this one, Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie Korg and his ex-girlfriend, Dr. Jane Foster to fight Gore, the God butcher who intends to make gods extinct. The God butcher. I oh my God. I just thought that That's was a, a cool name. I thought that was pretty cool. I've got to be honest. I, I was like, this is, yeah. this is good. I like this. Yeah. It's fantastic. But obviously, you know, I know you're a massive Marvel fan. I know you are. I know you love your Marvel. Um, oh, yes. I like some of the movies. I don't like some of the movies. I love a couple of the movies. You know, I, I think my question first to you, Stuart, is that do you think we've gone past the peak Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know, it, is the MCU on a downward trajectory? I would love to s- disagree with you and say, because uh, I do love Marvel and it's been a huge part of my life. Yes. But um, I think the series are now way better than any of the films they're bringing out. Interesting. We seem to have lost their way a bit with the big blockbusters. Yeah. I, I'm sort of, I don't, I have to say, I don't watch all of the TV shows or anything else like that. Um, you know, so I'm just sort of watching the movies. That's it. The reason I ask you this is because this film, Thor, Love and Thunder, I think really shows up Marvel's inadequacies quite a lot. You know, there are some uh, Marvel movies have always done this thing where there's this big, huge battle or, or a really big, oh, serious yeah. scene, you know, loads of serious stuff going on. And then right at the end, somebody makes a joke or says something sarcastic. Yeah. It's, it's a Marvel trait, okay? That's like how film reviews. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> big scene and I've ruined yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, 
you you have that. But the question, but then what if that was reversed and the film is mainly a comedy with small battles at the end of long, drawn-out comedy scenes? Because that's what's happened here. And I have to say, I didn't laugh once at this at all. Oh. And this is directed by Taika Waititi, who I think is a very funny guy. I think he's made some really good movies in the past. Um, so in this movie... There are loads of jokes about Thor not getting over Dr. Jane Foster. There's loads of jokes about Thor not getting over uh, Mjolnir leaving. <laughs> uh, if, if a hammer can leave, I'm not really sure how that works, but we'll move on. <laughs> There's loads. Split up this hammer. Yeah, you know, and now obviously he's got a, a Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, I think it's called. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Next thing. There's loads of jokes about Thor being this slightly strange being. It's just... A relentless onslaught of jokes. And I think it exposes Marvel's jokey side. And then all of a sudden you realise, oh, this is quite poor storytelling. But, you know, they, the problem is they have to try and get around that by having some other Marvel characters turn up and do some jokes instead of Thor. The problem is now, and, you know, this has happened over the past, I would say, year, 18 months, is that... These superhero comic book movies are turning into a who's who of characters from those universes. And why? So my question yeah. is, why can't a film just be about the central characters anymore? Why do we need Thingy from Thingy 2 in this one? It's, it, it, you know, it doesn't it's not adding to the plot. It's not doing anything apart yeah. from going, look at all the cool people we can get in this. I just don't think it's adding anything. Thor Love and Thunder is very much like that um, in that it goes, yeah, it's the bad Thor, but uh, there's other people. I'm trying not to spoil who's in it here, uh, but there's these and then there's these and then there's these and there's these and whatever else. And the trouble is, is when you haven't seen all of the films, you're writing people out of getting yes. what's going on. Yes. And, and it's yes. spoiling it a bit, isn't it? That's the thing. You're kind of like, I don't know who this person is. If you haven't seen all the films, you're like, I don't know who these people are. Who... Who is this? You know, it's weird things yeah, like that. I mean, the thing is, obviously, I have, but if yeah, you but that, that it's see, that's a bit. great, but a lot of us haven't got the time to watch them all. This is the thing. So, you, know, you now need about a month to catch up, don't you? You really? do need. I mean, that's the you do. You really watching. do. Well, you've got all of the MCU stuff. Now you've got the Star Wars stuff as well, which you've got to catch up on before the Star Wars movie comes on. So this is what I'm saying. Why can't a film now just go back to being about the central characters? The thing is, I actually really enjoyed the Doctor Jane Foster slash Mighty Thor storyline. I actually thought that was the best thing in the film, but. It yeah. seems like it is a secondary story. There's so much that could have been done with this character, but instead I thought they give her, gave her a short shrift and almost it's, it's almost like a one-off film storyline. Uh, you know, it's, it, I, I felt like it was a complete waste of a character, I've got to be honest. And I think the same about Gore, the God Butcher as well. I mean, this is a nasty character that when he's doing battle with Thor and the mighty Thor... The, the the world goes dark. The film goes dark as well. And it's the only bit of proper action, I think, you know, proper dark adult action that the Marvel Cinematic Universe really should be moving towards now, I think. And I thought that was great. I was like, this is fantastic. Great. It's finally mm. found its feet. The problem is it's right at the end. 
I just, you know, they just don't explore that enough. And as such, Gore, who I have to say is played quite menacingly by Christian Bale, um, is a villain without being too villainy, even though he's got a really good villain name. So I don't get that. You know, the thing is, mm. this film has so much to look at. But when you start to notice the storytelling flaws, like the fact that the main story is a story within a story and then somebody else's dream. Yes, please keep up, Stuart, on that one. Oh, yes. Wow. I've, I've lost already. Exactly. <laughs> story within a story. Story within a story, dream. but also somebody else's dream as well. So, you know, <laughs> this is the thing. So you start to notice the flaws. You start to notice how flimsy Marvel movies really can be. It is all style zero substance in this movie and that's saying something when you're talking about a superhero comic book movie and a bit of an icon i mean chris hemsworth as thor is a bit of a you know like when you're talking marvel characters well the originals well yes this is the thing but we've got to yeah. remember one of the previous thor movies was an absolute stinker absolute <laughs> stinker it really was i'm not saying this is as bad as that but this is just, I don't know, it just seems to not know what it wants. Well, it knows what it wants to be. It wants to be a comedy. It doesn't want to be a superhero movie. It doesn't want to be a comic book movie. It wants to be a comedy. And then only in the final third does it really find its feet. Um, and as I said, th this is a movie that should have been about the mighty Thor. And it kind of isn't. And it's quite disappointing. Oh, so you didn't love it? Or the, did you love the thunder? No. No. <laughs> no, not not really. Not the thunder. No, what? not particularly. Um, you know, there's, yeah, it's. I, I look. I've seen it once. I I don't need to see it again. That's the thing. Oh. It's, yeah, it's one of those that I'm like, yeah, yeah. Thor, Thor, four add a floor. <laughs> Thor, uh. four hit the floor. Hit the floor. There we go. Nice. Yes, yes. The only, the only one problem I would have from the outset, really, um, is the title. I do feel it like it sounds a bit like Austin Powers is going to do a Thor movie. You know I mean? <laughs> what, where's that come that's, from? That's Love a good shout. Thunder, baby. It, it is answered <laughs> in the movie, okay? Oh, okay. It is answered in the movie by a voiceover by Korg, who does this, who, who's doing a voiceover sometimes in the movie, but sometimes not. And it's really, as I said, oh. it's throwing everything off. It's it's just so messy. I think that's the problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, really, as I said, it should have been The Mighty Thor. And it should have been a film about Dr. Jane Foster becoming The Mighty Thor. But they seem to have gone, yes, she's in it. Great. But it's still a Thor movie. could have been. Yeah, more. I'm just, I, yeah. you know... Part of me is disappointed. Part of me is just like, ah, I'm just uninterested in all of it. As I said, not bored, just oh. uninterested. I'll have to watch it for you um, as a Marvel fan, see if it's any different. I would love to know what you think to it based on the fact that obviously you've seen all the TV shows. You love your Marvel as well. I'd be really interested to see what you think. Um, it's probably amazing. <laughs> well we'll see we'll see obviously you know when it hits disney plus in however many weeks it will be or when it hits dvd and blu-ray we will review it again you will have seen it by then and then we can okay. talk about it and we can and we can either write some wrongs or both slag it off exactly we can either <laughs> both be on the side of mighty thor or one of us will be mighty thor and the other one will be gore yeah, that's it. You're probably him trying to wipe out all these Marvel gods. Well, oh, no. 
that's fine with me. That's fine with me. I'll be honest. I, I mean, to be honest, you know, Christian Bale's got a look in this. He's got a look and a half, which hilariously, I saw him give an interview, which he said he had as a basis for this character, he had used Marlon Brando. The thing is, he didn't say which Marlon Brando. And the thing is, it's the Marlon Brando from the island of Dr. Moreau, the look he has taken. Thankfully, it's not the uh. acting because, I mean, anybody who's seen Brando in that <laughs> film will know it's terrible. Uh, Bale's very good in this. I think Bale is good. Bale and uh, Christian Bale and Natalie Portman are the best things in this. Yeah. I'm sure there are people who go for, for both of those. Which is great. You know, fantastic <laughs> yeah. if you do. But as I said, on the whole, uninteresting, underwhelming. Mm. So Love and Thunder out in cinemas, best enjoyed with ice cream and popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of double bill here. Yeah. 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 Excellent. What else you got for us? Speaking of foodstuffs. Yes. So, well, <laughs> sort of on DVD and Blu-ray now, Operation Mince Meat. Oh, is this a documentary about the pie shop? <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing about that. Okay. <laughs> no, pies. no, it's nothing like that. that uh, it's a very serious story. I'll have you in a very serious story. Um, it's set during World War Two. It's about two intelligence officers who use a corpse and false papers to outwit German troops. Oh, I've been excited about this one. Okay. This looks like a great story. Okay, look, let me just reiterate that. It's two guys using a corpse to fool people. And somebody, it's going to be people listening going, where have I heard that from before? I'll give you the answer. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> So this is basically a I was thinking that one about Charlie Chaplin we reviewed recently. Oh, well, I mean... Stealing Chaplin. Yeah, maybe. I guess, yeah, Stealing Chaplin. But this is basically World War II's version of Weekend at Bernie's, you know. Um, I love the idea that even during the biggest world war ever, the British decided to use a cadaver to fool the Nazis, yeah. and it worked. I'm like, that's there's something so very British about that. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that... As we see in the film, actually, they give the body an entire backstory with a girlfriend and a job and loads of things. I mean, I just of everything. I just love that idea. And it did make me laugh several times all the way through through when, you know, things like creating a backstory were being completed. You know, the, so already they've made more of a backstory for the corpse than half the Marvel characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> joking aside, OK, because this is a serious movie. Um, just with odd dabbles of jokey stuff. It's a clever ruse. It's a very mm. clever ruse, and it's one that absolutely worked a treat, as you'll see in the film. Um, now, it has to, it, it, as I said, you know, it does sound like it's a laugh-a-minute movie. It isn't. It's, it's a very serious British film um, telling a very serious story. It is terribly British with some with several very British actors, all doing their best posh British accents, all doing it with very oh, yes. serious faces most of the time but as i said it's a serious story you know that's the thing and i think it tackles it in just about the right way because everything about what the intelligence officers are doing is dangerous and it could bring about the end of the war if they succeed but how do you succeed if you're planting a dead body with war secrets on themselves and hope that the germans fall for it so it's a i know it sounds funny it's a long shot. I know it sounds funny, but it's not. It's really serious. They're sat there waiting, hoping that it will work. So there's some tension in the film. You know, it's constantly waiting. You're waiting for them, waiting for the Nazis to see if they will fall for it. All of that I really enjoyed. And I have to say, as much as, as I said a minute ago, I, I did laugh several times. 
I, I actually found this quite a tense drama as well. And I thought that yeah, was I mean, well put together. Yeah, the trailer looks together. like it's going to be a real th- thriller, like a yes. edge of your seat. Is yes. it going to work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there is a subplot about a love triangle between two officers and the only young female in the department. I don't think that's played out that well. It sort of runs far too long and then it sort of gets forgotten about. It's all a bit of a waste, even more so when they spend so long on the story and you're like, no, get back to Operation Mincemeat. You know, that aside, it is quite the film telling quite the story. I know I joked about it being weekend at Bernie's for World War II. I know, I know. But this was an operation that was one of the more out there ideas, shall we say? Um, I mean, certainly a story I had never heard of. Never heard and this of. This is based on a true story? All based on a true story. Wow. Every Incredible. single person in this film actually existed. Every single person actually took part in Operation Mince Me. You find out at the end as well, they oh, have the amazing. real pictures of these people. So this really happened. So, I, ah, you know, I think well. on the whole for this film... I think it pays a very good respect to the idea and also the people who were involved in putting all of this together. Yeah. Oh, what an incredible story. Yeah. That, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm joking about it, but as I said, at the same time, it, it's it's quite a tense drama, but it is such an interesting story. Such an interesting story. Amazing. And as you mentioned, the, the Britishness of it's got a hell of a British cast. It's, it's got so many British people in it. Bit of a who's who of a British cinema, really, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. I mean, Matthew uh, Matthew McFadden, who I think most will know from uh, Succession recently, obviously, he's he plays the main character. Um, I mean, he's very good in it. But to be fair, you know, I've seen him in loads of stuff over the years, and he's always been very good in it as well. He's always the guy from Spooks for me, Tom. <laughs> Tom from Spooks. He'll get it done. Well, there very you go. Reliable. So if he's been in Spooks, he already knows... Uh, how yeah. how to do uh, sort of probably his idea. There you go. You say works <laughs> treat. Excellent. So Operation Mitzvah Cinemas DVD and Blu-ray, DVD? and I think yeah. it was it's probably on digital platforms as well. You know, you paid to stream it. So excellent. And what else you got for us? Uh, so another British film, actually. But uh, let's let bring it up to date a little bit. So this is a British film called True Things. It's about a young woman called Kate who lives on the fringes of society. One day at her job, she meets a man who overwhelms her quiet life and she becomes intoxicated by him. Oh. Now, uh, I've I've been trying to work out where this film sits in a genre. You know, what genre is this movie? And also, in the grand scheme of things, what is the storytelling? Because I'm quite stumped by it. And I guess, you know, I guess that's a good thing because the film yeah. wasn't quite what I was expecting. I thought it would be sort of like a rumination on uh, abusive relationships after I had seen the trailer. You saw the trailer as well, didn't you? Just just before you came on air. Um, yeah, it looked like a kind of a maybe a rom-com without much com. Yeah, yes. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> you know, you watch dark. the trailer and you go... I'm either in to watch this or I'm either out. I mean, it is a very, you know, there is that line that you cross on it. Um, yeah. The thing is, the film, I, I think, I think I'm still trying to process this movie. I've got to be honest. I think the film is is more a raw look at the life of a woman who doesn't fit into society's brackets of, you know, normal or sensible. Um, she's just mm. her own person. She's okay. a quiet person. Kate's a quiet person. But her addiction 
Um, for I am going to use the word addiction because I think it is too blonde. That's his name in the credits. He's called blonde. He's called is that, is that... blonde because he's oh. got blonde hair. They never give you his name, even in the credits. So it's blonde. <laughs> so her addiction to blonde, I think, brings out something in her that has been lying dormant and has now finally sparked into life. It's this sort of carefree abandonment of life and the the, the kind of the feeling of finally being free. But that freedom for Kate does come at a cost, and that cost is that work-slash-life payoff, which, you know, I think most of us try to balance but never really succeed. Um, <laughs> I mean, to really be struggle. fair, the work that she does um, seems to come at a it, it does seem to crush her spirit every step of the way. I mean, granted, she is dating someone who she met at work after he came in for an appointment. So there is a line oh. that Kate has already crossed there. But for her, yeah. that line, she, well, she thinks that line was worth crossing for because now she's free. Uh, she is sexually liberated as well. And I think this film was a bonus. Yeah. I think this film has got something to say about female liberation. Um, some may find Kate's behaviour reprehensible. Others may wish that they could be Kate. And, you know, I think this is a character that can be very divisive for people watching this film because Kate does push the boundaries maybe a little bit too far at times. I mean, there's a scene where she's on a date with a man and tries to force himself on, tries to force herself on him in the car. He rejects her. And she walks off in the rain only to find Blonde waiting at the door. And in that moment, her her mood changes and she runs off into the rain-soaked night with him, you know, to gleeful abandonment and whatever else. So as I as said... As you do. As, I mean, as, yeah. yeah, as you do. Yeah. So as I said, Kate, very... It's the type of character you're either drawn into or pushed away from. And I think yeah. that is down to the riveting performance by Ruth Wilson. You know, it's, I think it's a role that not many people would dare do. That's the thing because of the subject mm. matter. But I think Ruth Wilson has found something here in this character that she relishes about taking this, taking Kate against the grain, you know, against what she would normally be used to and breaking the mold. Yeah. Sort of. And, and, and creating a character who at the start wouldn't say, you know, would be, would hardly say hello to anybody and, and, and about halfway through she'd be screaming obscenities at you or something like that. So, you know, <laughs> as I said, th this is a character who I think some people will find offensive and repulsive. Other people will just think, okay, great, fantastic. Go for it. Yes. Brilliant. So it's a tough movie. I'm not going to lie. It's a tough movie to watch. However, I think it's a movie that is very open and expressive about female liberation and also sexual desire, certainly in this modern day as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, I was I was really interested in this movie. I, I found myself constantly wanting to know what Kate was going to do next. So I, I think when I come out of it, I was like, I don't know if you enjoy it. That's the problem. Do you enjoy this movie? I'm not sure. I came away going, yeah. yes. Well put together movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I came away going, <laughs> yes, good. You know, th that's a that's a good story. Very well told. Very well acted. Did I enjoy it? I'm not sure I can say I enjoyed it, but it's one of those movies that if somebody said, do you think I should watch it? I would highly recommend it, which is obviously what we're doing now. <laughs>
Oh, that's a, that's a good sign. Yes. That's interesting, though, that it's just kind of like breaking the mold and, and going against the grain, and yet we can't put it in a uh, we, <laughs> we can't. Yeah, so but it's done its job. It re- <laughs> right, it has. It really has done its job. You know, I mean, I imagine if you look on IMDb, it will say something like drama. And it's like, yeah, I guess so, but there's so much more to this movie than just being a drama. That's the thing. So, yeah, you're right. You know, on on that level as well, it's done its job. So, what more can you say about it? Cool. It um it comes up as uh, you know, and it says uh, things you might also like. Yes, as uh, the one we reviewed a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. Um, the good luck to you, Leo Grand. Oh, uh, um, which I feel is an interesting comparison to draw, yeah. both female empowerment sort of stories. Yeah, yeah, uh, sexual liberation as well, you know. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I would, if you were double billing it, I would start with true things because Leo Grand is is the lighter, light-hearted look of things, whereas true things is, is, is a more yeah. heavy-going thing. Um, but that's interesting it brings that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the line there. I can see the line, yeah. Excellent. So, True Things is a DVD? DVD, Blu-ray, yes, it is, yes. Excellent. Uh, What you got for us next week? So, next week, we're going to be talking about The Railway Children Return. So, you remember the original one from 1970 with Jenny Augusta? Oh, yeah, and the books and all that. Yes, exactly. So, So, there is a sequel. So we're going to be talking about the railway oh. children return. It's a sequel, and then we're also going to be talking. <laughs> I know. I love the return the re- as a pun there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're also going to be talking about don't uh, don't make me go, which is um, this this family drama, which mm, you might need a few tissues for. And then oh. we're also going to be talking about a a movie called Eighteen and a Half, which is a the the story of a woman who manages to get the tape the supposed erased tape of the 18 and a half minutes in richard nixon's office during the watergate scandals whoa okay yeah yeah that's a biggie yes so um yes we'll be reviewing that as well 18 and a half it's called Cool. Excellent. Well, I'll, uh, I'll bring my row card next week. Then. We're going to need it. We're really going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And um, all aboard. <laughs> Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films and I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. Phoenix 98 FM.